it is 9.15. It is, it is up. Bring me down just a touch. Feels a little hot. Um, okay, let's go ahead and um, get started. And like we um, have been doing, we'll just open with uh, opportunities for uh, spiritual conversations this week. Um, I was hoping Jim would be here so I could ask him how his meeting on Thursday went, but uh, I'm not sure how that went. But uh, any any others, just opportunities for spiritual conversations this week, even if there weren't full-blown gospel presentations, just people you've been able to talk with? and Yeah, Steve. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Easy to remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's all. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, we can use chapter four. That's good. Um, Jim, how did your conversation go on Thursday? Right. Game, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> yeah, you finally had it. Yeah. Uh, good. there's a good church around. Right. Um, any others? Just maybe one other one if it happened this week. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray for the couple that did happen and give thanks. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that Steve and Jim had this week to uh, proclaim the gospel. And um, even like the chapter talks about, it's, uh, it's a long game prospect. Um, and uh, we don't see how it's um, all going to work out. But we do pray for Chris, uh, that you would grant him repentance, that you would also draw him uh, even to come here and to 
um, be welcomed by others and to be ministered to. Um, Lord, we, we pray for that. Um, pray for his marriage and uh, just that you would grant mercy and recovery there, um, but ultimately, most importantly, for the gospel uh, for both of them. Uh, Lord, pray for uh, Jim and just thank you for his conversation with Richard and pray that you would um, grant Richard repentance, that he would see his works are totally insufficient um, and uh, that only through the merit of Jesus Christ um, can he he come near to you. So, Lord, uh, we ask for these souls. Um, and even if we don't get to see the fruit, we ask that you would um, save them and have mercy on them, O oh Lord God, even as you've had mercy on us. We ask for our time in our book. Um, help us to discern well um, and measure things by Scripture um, and, and grow. And we ask these things and pray them in your name. Amen. All right, so we get into chapter 4. So next week we're going to finish up the book. Um, Lord willing, chapter 5 in the little little appendix, but uh, um, we're doing chapter 4. So he starts with a story um, and kind of illustrates um, an idea uh, with this gal, Kelly. Um, and what was he kind of illustrating with, with uh, the story he started with about Kelly? Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that means she was foreign exchange student. Um, there was contact. There was prayer. Then eventually, like, she c connects with one person, but they can't connect uh, very much before she goes to Dubai or whatever, and th then they pave the way in Dubai, and then there's a contact there for multiple people, right? And uh, it's... So he's just using this as an illustration of what he's been talking about, the entire church being on game and, uh, and uh, connecting um, as a culture of evangelism. Any other kind of things that stick out from that, that story, um, things that were just interesting or helpful or just encouraging? Um, Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The intentionality and the the persistence. Um, there's a persistence there. So yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because it's not just one person, but it's the whole church presenting the gospel, individual components working together. He kind of paints it on 81, he says this, um, in a culture of evangelism, people who love Jesus work together as instruments in the grand symphony of God's work. Um, and, uh, and he kind of adds this idea at the end of that page. But in a maturing culture of evangelism, people trust God to do something bigger than the way what they can see with their physical eyes. So even in the cases we were just talking about, right, we've had opportunities, don't know if they're going to mature, 
but we do know that God can do bigger, something bigger than we can see um, in the short run. So, yeah, great. Um, so that was kind of his point with all of that. Different parts, components, and people working, um, and God uses all of it um, to bring this person um, together. Um, and then he starts um, on page maybe 82, right? He, he illustrates that point. He talks about having the long goal of evangelism. He talks about not uh, just, uh, it would have been really easy to drop contact with Kelly, right? But people aren't what they seem. And I thought that was an interesting point as well. Um, but then he kind of shifts and says, okay, what's the platform? Um, what's the platform? What does it look like for the church to be able to be pl- a platform to have a culture like that? And then he brings us into these six ideas, which he spends the rest of the chapter talking about. And so we want to spend probably most of our time uh, here. But any, any other things that stood out or that were encouraging or challenging on 82 and 83? Okay, so let's launch into these ideas. So these platforms um, for a culture of evangelism. So number one, starting on page 84, is uh, prepare for sharing hearts, minds, and feet. So what was his big uh, point in this, uh, this first kind of plank of his platform he's talking about? Yeah. Right. Right. He even points out, I think he pointed out here, right, like sometimes we have, this is why we got to be careful with our programs and our structures because we get so involved in those that we actually don't make time to connect with unbelievers outside the church, right, Um, which we don't want to be there. So like if someone said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to actually not go to Bible study uh, because I want to use that night to minister to this person, I'd be like, great, go for it. Um, right, because we don't want to serve the structures. We want to. Ser- we want to. There's just different ways to use all that's available to us uh, to minister to people. But we want to have contact with unbelievers and develop relationships. So, um, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. Right, God has sovereignly placed each one of you people in your life that I can't reach, but you can. Right, um, and that's that's something to keep in mind. So, what uh, all else was he talking about in this first point? Prepare for sharing hearts, minds, and feet. So there's the equipping side of it, like preparing in that sense, but what else did he talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's a bad motivation for evangelism? Guilt. Yeah. Guilt is a bad motivator, right? Be- or fear, right? Right. What what is the proper motivation for evangelism? Right? Love. And love, obedience, right? Love for Christ. Uh, if you, um, and he'll talk about this more later, right? Like you understand the gospel, you're living in the gospel, then you are excited about the gospel and you want to share it, right? We talk about things we love all the time. Uh, sports, food, coffee, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, so it's the same mindset, right? We we see the gospel, we love Christ, we love what he's done for us, um, and we love others, and we want to share it. So, yeah, other, other thoughts on the motivation side of it, the equipping side of it? Um, and then what's he mean by available? Mm-hmm. 
and you know, just like with Kelly, the person, she came in, she was greeted by people, right? Um, the message wasn't, and he, he points out, right, there's a danger. You can get on the relevant side of things, right? We're trying to be attractional, right? But he's saying there, there, um, you don't want to sacrifice the truth to be friendly, but you don't need to. Um, you can be friendly. You have a counterculture in the church, right? It's different, but there's a friendliness and a welcomingness to it, right? So um, even last week, there was a, there was a young man that uh, Joan brought in. His name was Liam, right? And a couple of the younger guys um, were brought over and were talking with him. I think he's a new believer. So um, things like that, right? Um, where you're just welcoming people, talking with them, seeing what they're, where they're at. Any other thoughts or underlines or things that were helpful in that first, uh, first point? Okay, so second, and before we get into the second, um, let me ask you this. Who needs to be evangelized? Everyone, meaning who? Um, believers and unbelievers, right? So it's a, it's a both and, which is really where he starts shifting in these next couple points, right? He talks about that reality, right? Our gospel worldview, the centrality of the gospel. Uh, what was what were some things that were helpful to you or challenging to you as he walked through this second kind of piece of the platform of a culture of evangelism? Mm-hmm. Right. Living a gospel life. What and he then he talks about what does that look like. Uh, so what did he mean by living a gospel life? Yeah, forgiveness, right? That's an implication, right? If, in fact, we're going to talk about it today. Um, if you've been forgiven uh, by God, then you for, forgive others. So there's, there's implications of the gospel. Anything else on how to live out the gospel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We live a life that, and it goes back to motivation, too. Some of the things we were just talking about, right? If we, we, we need, our souls need the gospel, we keep coming back to it, that fuels our hearts and our desire, so we're not just doing forgiveness or these other things out of duty, but because that's who we are, that's what we love that God has done um, for us, right? So, um, yeah, any other thoughts on that second, our gospel worldview, the centrality of the gospel? Everything we do at some level or another comes back. Yeah, Ken. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of this aspect where sometimes we can, sw- you know, once we get out of Sunday mode, right, we can switch off and kind of think, okay, I'm done being a Christian now, right? But uh, one of the things that's helped me, I mean, really, it's what he's talking about, but you are who you are as a Christian. You're a Christian first and everything else second, right? So no matter where you go 
and where you are, you are a Christian, and you speak like a Christian, and you act like a Christian, and if you have that mindset, um, uh, that then and you're excited about the gospel, you're motivated by the gospel, then it's just going to be on your lips um, as you talk with others, right? So, yeah, right. Okay, three. Now, this is a good one. I like it. Um, kill our assumptions. And what's his point here? Right. Right. Yeah. And what is he saying we shouldn't assume? What is he saying we shouldn't assume? Right. So there's, there's an aspect where you don't assume that someone knows the gospel. We just said it a minute ago, right? Who needs to be evangelized? We need to be evangelized. We need to hear the gospel over and over again. Um, and so uh, do unbelievers, right? Um, but... Uh, there's a certain level of once you get to know a person, it's like, yeah, I believe this person's genuine and a believer. That doesn't mean they don't need to hear the gospel again, right? Um, but yeah, people just showing up to church, people even just taking communion, right? Uh, they can do that for wrong reasons. Uh, there are any number of things that it's like, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you you are loving Christ um, and coming um, from the gospel. So, I mean, that's why, that's why we do membership interviews, right? We we try to know the person. We try to examine as best as we're capable of, right? Do you understand the gospel? That's one of the central things we do in that mentorship interview. What is your testimony, right? What did the gospel look like in your life? But then can you articulate it, right? Because uh, if you can't, uh, wait a minute, um, because what we're doing in membership is we're affirming by all that we can see that you are a disciple of Christ, right? Um, but even then, right, uh, those people become members, we still proclaim the gospel, and we still say, you need it, I need it, um, so, yeah. Other thoughts on the killing the assumptions thing? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So to me, you know, it's much better to err on the side of conservatism in that you can leave the gospel out there law all the time. And but I also need to add that consideration. He's kind of taking it towards the analytical long way around there, but he's you know asking for kind of this discretion in, you know, not making those assumptions. 
Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's good because like even even as we help each, we are called as members to we are responsible to one another we're responsible to help each other to grow right and as we talk about well this issue in your life here's what's going on it's always a matter of how do we connect that issue back to the gospel and gospel motivation right um, and um, we deal with the issues we do but we have to go back to the heart and the core of um, hey how do we connect that with your love for Christ. It's a pretty chilling quote he gives in the middle of page 91. He says this, if you're bored with the gospel, you need to take a deep look at the sin of your own heart. I mean, he just says that and I'm like, I, yep. <laughs> um, so really good. Other, now there's a lot more in this section, page 92, 93, um, just questions or things that were helpful. Uh, this is a pretty substantial section, but really important. All right. Questions, concerns, conundrums. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the children is a good one. And that one, I, I'm... Which is why he says, right, like, I think he talked about this example with his friend, like, well, I listened to your sermon, but it doesn't seem like there's gospel in it, right? And um, we should have, I mean, the primary goal in coming and speaking the word is to feed the sheep, right? So you want to make sure people are growing, so um, you don't, but again, like we've been saying, that at some, it has to go drive back to the gospel, it has to be there, um, and so... You know, I try um, uh, at least every couple weeks, if not every week, to have a basic gospel presentation. What's great about Matthew, even in the Sermon on the Mount, right, is like, um, it's like, yeah, um, have you sworn allegiance to Jesus? Because if, if that's going to happen, it's going to change your life and because the Holy Spirit's at work within you, right? So 
Um, but, uh, but that's what's great about communion, too, is like that's another proclamation of the gospel. It's a proclamation through symbols, right, and uh, the sign of the new covenant. Uh, it's a proclamation through baptism, right? That's another proclamation of the gospel um, in, uh, in, in bringing people in as members of, of, of the church. So, yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah, Matt. Yes. Probably they don't. <laughs> right. 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 Especially if it's a, a Catholic, because you know that official church teaching is what the gospel that, well, the gospel that they're taught is a false gospel. Uh, and so even there, you have to do a lot of work of what, on, on what basis will God accept you? Well, I'm going to be a good Catholic, right? Um it's like no, um, that's not. Let me walk you through what the gospel is, and uh, and there's a there's good opportunities there, and especially because yeah, they're not taught the scriptures um, in general. So yeah. Back to what Carol said a minute ago, right? Like, and he even kind of said this, like, 
a couple, I don't remember if it was the last chapter or the chapter before, but when you have someone who's professing faith for the first time, you know, you ask them, well, okay, what, what do you mean by that? And can you articulate the gospel? And even then, it's like, yeah, I, by what you're saying, it looks like you're a believer, but, uh, you know, the all, it's back to what we were talking about in gospel life. The other thing about being a Christian, it's not just the decision, it's the perseverance, right? Um, we need to persevere in our faith, persevere in the gospel, persevere. Um, so there's kind of like this caution, like Carol's talking about. Uh, it's kind of a, a celebration and yet a wait and see at the same time, right? And at the same time, trying to come alongside and help that person through discipleship and through the ways that we're, we're talking about. So, yeah. Okay, uh, four, evangelism as a discipline. So what was his point in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I think his his you know there is an aspect of like um this you know we we all say things like I know I need to evangelize more or I know I need to read my bible more I know I need to pray more but the the more concrete we make those things right um like you know people who tell me I'm having a hard time with praying or reading the scriptures. Like, I try to drive them back to, okay, when would be good for you, right? Because when you th- your mind does something concrete, you're more likely to do it, right? So that's part of, it's part of the means of grace. It's not like you're just re- purely relying on that discipline, but you're saying, I'm trying to do this discipline and use this habit dependent on God uh, to make this bear spiritual fruit. Evangelism's tricky, right? Because it's like, it seems like the most you could do, right, if you put it on your schedule is, okay, I'm going out and I'm street preaching, which um, I, you know, um, we could talk about that, but, and it's not bad at all. It's, 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 it's totally fine. People can get saved that way. Um, but here's another way you could be intentional. Uh, I remember we had a seminary class on evangelism, and he, they were talking about this very issue where we get in our little Christian bubble, especially as a pastor, right, and he's like, I don't interact with anyone outside of church, hardly, right? Um, but there was, um, he, they had you think of people, like in your life, even like, well, I just saw that neighbor across the street and said, okay, pick that person and start praying. Uh, and then there was like three people. There was like two in that kind of situation where you somehow interacted. Maybe it's the checkout person, maybe it's the whatever. But then the third person was someone you know and you wrote, wrote a letter to them right? Just explaining the gospel. But that's a different kind of intentionality and discipline, right? Where you're disciplining yourself like, I saw that person, I saw this person. It's not so much a schedule, but you're thinking about them, and you're praying for them, and you're praying for doors with them. Um, and and then it's amazing. It really is amazing to see how God opens those doors. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes.
Yeah. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah, Lance. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and even when you do things like, you know, you're just being a good neighbor, essentially, um, if you can even in a brief way connect it back to who you are as a Christian, um, you know, I had an opportunity to do that this week, and I didn't do a good job of it, but, like, we were walking up, I was walking up to lunch with someone, and this person's trying to plug a meter, and they don't have any change. I happened to have change in my pocket, and I didn't happen to use it, and I gave them the change, whatever. Uh, she's like, oh, thank you. I should have said something like, you know, I don't know, it and it probably would have sounded cheesy, but um, but whatever, like, God's given me such gifts, um, you know, this is just a very simple way to show uh, that same sort of love. I don't know, like, something cheesy like that, but you're connecting good, you know, goodness with, 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 oh, that's somehow connected with God, right? And, um, and it's very simple, very little things like that, but even the, to the broader having unbelievers who are intentionally engaging unbelievers in your life and having them over for dinner, right? So I remember when I was working as a math professor, I had a, a next-door person, uh, um, and uh, we would talk off and on, and we just invited him and his wife over for dinner, which is kind of unusual in our culture anymore. Like, it doesn't seem like people have people into their homes for dinners just as a neighborly sort of thing. But So it's a little weird, but, you know, just developing a relationship and speaking um, about the gospel through those, you know. So, yeah, Julie. have the, the friendship, but no words are ever spoken.
Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> a wall, yeah. Interesting. It's like seeing that, what well, he said this previous chapter or whatever, seeing the person as a person, right? So you value the person as a person, right? And you speak the truth. You, you got to do both, right? You got you to gotta have the relationship and speak the truth. So do both, right? And um, there's a gauging and a strategy um, as to how you do that. Tony? Flanders, yeah. Five, the place of prayer. Um, maybe this is an obvious one, but uh, what's what's his point here? Really important. Keep pray, keep praying, pray. Yeah, and 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, even the example you gave at the beginning, right, where the people had prayed for the person for 15, 15 years, which, man, that's, I mean, that was just thinking about, like, I read something like that, and it's like, oh, yeah, I should keep keep praying, and there's names that come to mind, and, um, yeah. Uh, any examples you guys have had where you've just been praying and praying and praying and praying for years, and you've seen eventually God bear that out? I kind of liked his thing where he said, I pray to the Lord every year that I would see at least one conversion. And I, I thought that was cool. And it's like, oh, man, that would be awesome, you know? So, Susan. You even think about um, being with the Lord, right, and then getting to see the people you prayed for that you just never knew, right? I, I mean, they went off somewhere and you just didn't have contact with them again. Um, like, yeah, it would be cool. All right, let's six one. Let's finish up here. So, spiritual leadership. So, what's this? What's his point here? I have to talk about it, right? I have to, um, <laughs> I, I should be doing the same thing, right? Like, we're all doing this, and uh, it's not like you go do that. It's, um, I, I want those opportunities to, um, and you just had a couple of good examples this morning from Jim and Steve, right? A couple of your elders um, sharing the gospel, being intentional with, um, with people um, and doing that, right? So this is, this is all, of, this is, all, we all do this, right? So um, we all want to do it, so. Any other thoughts on the chapter or things that were helpful, things you had questions about, things you disagreed with, um, anything? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things, right? If we're talking about it, we know it's central to our lives and we love it. Um, and if we are who we are, wherever we are, you know, as Christians, um, then it's, uh, yeah, it's, it actually becomes a little bit easier to, to pray for cracks in, in conversations and just to, you know, courageously stick your foot in them, right? Um, dependent on the power of the Spirit to work and to say a couple things. And maybe it turns into something, maybe it doesn't, but you're, the goal is to honor the Lord in that regardless, so. Well, let's pray, and uh, we'll transition. Uh, Father God, you are awesome. Lord, we want your name to be honored. Um, the, thinking about all of the people that we encounter who do not honor your name, who do not reverence your name, who do not treat your name as sacred, Lord, um, really, that's what evangelism is about, is um, you rescuing people so that they have the privilege of treating your name as sacred and holy. Um, and uh, Lord, we just pray uh, that even this week, uh, we pray right now, uh, I pray that you would bring people to uh, our minds um, that were uh, around, oh Lord God, but just just pray that you would show us people, show us cracks in conversations, help us to be courageous uh, because we love you, and Lord, we just ask that you would grant conversions, Lord, that we would, we would see um, people being changed by the gospel. Um, uh, it is the, your power uh, in the world, O oh Lord God. So we, we pray that we would see that over the coming weeks and months. Um, Lord, we thank you for the opportunities that have been this last week. Uh, we pray for more this week and um, ask for your, your honor and your glory in your name. Amen.